Joe, the uh, Panthers Heat money line bet has become uh, one of the better plays on the uh, the Hard Rock. Should there. be, should be. Look at look at the way they're playing, both teams. And by the way, these teams, man, it, it's almost like they call each other before they play. Uh, whether they're on the road, both uh, the Heat now uh, get their fifth straight win. By the way, fifth straight game on the road that they've won. And uh, the Panthers, you look at the Heat have won 9 of 11. Panthers have won 12 of 14. Um, and, and they're moving up. Look, Heat, we were wondering. They were, they were flirting at 500. Now all of a sudden, eight games over 500. In the fifth spot in the East, just a game and a half behind New York, which would open, I mean, if, if you do get that fourth position. And, and the Knicks haven't been very good since they had the injuries. Um, so I, I expect they're going to pass him here real quickly. And then all of a sudden you go from there, but you're, you're looking at home court advantage in the first round, number one. And the Panthers uh, took over the best record in um, the NHL last night, in the East, excuse me. So great stuff from both of them. And uh, they're fun. Uh, both have a shot, man. Both both have a shot, and and I understand saying that because I did catch a little of that Celtics game last night. Celtics are really good. They are really, really good. Sounds like, by the way, I, I told re- you that yesterday. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> I know you did when you made that bold prediction. Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty. They're pretty good. You see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're thirteen and a half games ahead of everybody else in the East. They, I, they I could really win the. Uh, they get the one seed. Possible. Yeah, they're they're looking really good. Like, what do you think? I, I think like in the next two weeks they could go. All right, we're we're done for the rest of the year and and win the win the East at this point. And they've been healthy and uh, they got a lot of guys playing really well. A couple of the trades they made look pretty damn good right now. So I was inspired by that texture yesterday. I sprinkled a few bucks on uh, the Heat to win the East and to win the championship. Yeah. I was inspired yesterday. I guess they're paying a lot of money. That's great, Woody. That's a, <laughs> that's a big one. That's bold right there, man. That is bold. So, um, Woody, I know we've talked a lot uh, about the other topic, and uh, now we have Mike McDaniel talked at the Indy Combine yesterday, uh, and he was asked about a lot of things, starting with Tua Tungavailoa, but he was asked about – I mean, they they asked him about keeping Danny Crossman, who has been a special teams coordinator, and a lot of people thought the last couple years he was going to get fired, and he didn't. And so Mike talked about that, the Vic Fangio departure. Um, I don't really care because I don't think Mike wants to get into anything, so I don't – I think just my take and – I could be wrong, but Mike didn't want to get into all the stuff. Because if he got into all the stuff that really bothered him about Vic, it, it would look bad. And and so that mutually decided to go their different directions. I, that's the best way to go. That, that's Mike. Mike's not blasting anybody going out the door. It's just not his style. He's just not a negative guy. Things don't work out. They didn't work out. I'll see you. Good luck with everything and, and move on. And uh, he did something else, though. It was interesting. And Christian Wilkins, they talked about Christian Wilkins, and obviously they'd like to keep Christian and, and all those things. But uh, also want everybody to know, man, that Chris Greer and Mike are working closely together. And uh, that hasn't been the case always around here, that everybody's on the same page. 
Some of it due to titles that people are given, sometimes due to the power that people are given. When people have a little bit of success, they want more. And it hasn't always been like this, and and this is refreshing to see that Chris and and Mike, they really are on the same page. There's no question about it. Listen, Mike had a lot of guys playing well last year. You don't think Chris appreciates that because Chris drafted those guys. You don't think when Austin Jackson was was good enough at right tackle that you could give him a new contract as a first-round pick that was brought here to be the left tackle and it didn't work out and the guard didn't work out. And, man, we're all thinking the same thing, like this Austin Jackson thing. Um, he got injured most of the year before. Um, so when he played well, you don't think Chris Greer went, Whew, I knew he could play somewhere on that offensive line. So, um, Mike's done that with some guys. He's rehabilitated some careers. He, he and his coaching staff and and got some guys. And the Tua thing, hey, no, none more than Tua. None more than what he did for Tua Tungavailoa. Listen, Tua played so much better. And, I, and listen, man, I, I became – I was watching early when he come out and watch him throw and watching different throws in different areas. And Mike absolutely – put in an offense with things that he taught Tua. I'll tell you one little thing, looking guys off. Looking guys off and coming back to the guy's going to throw to where he didn't have to worry about safeties coming over. I mean, he did that as well as anybody. anybody and then made accurate throws. I mean, he's still got to make accurate throws. And he was accurate throwing down, down the sidelines. Guys open. One guy always open, Tyreek Hill. So yeah, there was uh, there was a lot of good stuff, and and so that's why we had the poll up today, and hopefully you'll have a chance at Joe Rose Show on Twitter. It's one or two. Let him play on the extension, uh, or excuse me, get him a new contract. Go ahead and give him the big bucks, or let him play his fifth year option at twenty three million dollars. You want a couple things here from this? Yeah, yeah. What do you have? All right, well, first things first. We've got a few hundred votes on here. 55% say play them on the fifth year. Uh, Michael says we're in win-now mode. Get the cap space and sign away. Uh, Finn's fan, 1399, says he's not going to get cheaper. I understand the risks and doubts. He's a great talent, though. Another guy, uh, Cat's fan, uh, with a bunch of numbers, says can't win to eating up 20% of the cap. He's not that guy. Draft the QB. I got to tell you, drafting a quarterback would not be on the top of my list. I, I mean, I know two is going to be the quarterback, but I uh, you well, got, it's not on the top of your list, obviously. But I mean, I think you take a stab at someone late. Okay, but the, is that, it, look, is that, man, is that I, I, I am on the play him this year and see how it works out, and and you know, pray he takes the next step. You said it. That's good. What? No, you got to find out if if he's got another gear or however else you want to say. Can he can he win some big games and can we have some success? And by the way, the best way for us to have the success that we all want, that we really all want, if you're a Dolphins fan, is to get home field advantage for oh a goodness. player. How about no. just win one? So well, some guy, some like Finn fan podcaster guy is like screaming at me this morning. He called me a coward because I'm bashing the Dolphins. And apparently there's like a big contest of who's the biggest Dolphin fan and all these different things. But you need to live in reality, man. Team, I want a playoff game in 20 years. No, no, but I. Like, let's live in reality here, okay? Like, 
you know, we, we can all be Dolphin fans, but my God. It's been a few more than 20 years, but. But, <laughs> but, I mean, they, let's, but let's be realistic but, here, Joe. But one like, thing, one thing. And by the way, they didn't even get close this year. No. They weren't close. If you watched Baltimore and, you know, the Chiefs and all these other teams, like, Dolphins weren't anywhere near no, those Baltimore, teams. No, Baltimore was a, was a sad wake-up call. because Buffalo? Then Buffalo at home. The top teams in the AFC, you were not in that class. No. That's fair. So let's live in reality here. Kansas like, it's City, not about who's the biggest Dolphin fan, like who's the biggest cheerleader for the team. Kansas City. It's about living in, the, in the, you know, what's happening. Kansas City, Buffalo, and Baltimore, we, we were not in that club. We just weren't. And guess what? Those teams are going to be there next year. They're going to be. They're lot, not going anywhere. Be a lot more teams. Lamar isn't better. going anywhere. Joe Burrow isn't going anywhere. Justin Herbert's probably going to be a whole lot better oh, with that you, new coach. I thought I was waiting for you to say. Uh, I'm guessing he's going to get a little better with that coach. Josh Allen. William Mahomes and Josh Allen will be there too. Yes. Yeah. All those guys will be there. So so anyway, uh, that's why we just uh, you can give us your thoughts on uh, on this thing. And by the way, the other thing that somebody brought up is a good point. Hey man, we got a lot of things to take care of. Why can't he play on the on the fifth year option? And if he does it, then you give him give him what you want. But if this means now, if this means we can get another player or two, you know, and it gives you more money. So there's a there's a lot of different parts to this thing. It, it is amazing though that you had the kind of year he had. And the, because of things that happen at the end of the year against the good teams, you're like, man, I like I like a lot of things he did, but I'm not really ready to go all in. I and I hear it. I hear his receivers. I hear everybody saying great things. Everybody loves playing with him. The coach loves him. I mean, Mike McDaniel. My God, Mike McDaniel. And some some people love to have that kind of relationship with their father that Mike McDaniel and Tua Tungavailoa have. That. I mean it it is it is special. It it really is. It's it's real. It's um the way Mike coaches and the system he put in, Tua responded to it like got his confidence back and and just he played the way in some of those games. I mean, he looked big time. The throws he made, the accurate throws, the anticipation throws, all those things. And here we are still What'd you say? The poll's a little bit more. Let him play that fifth-year option. Before we before we jump into the 50 club, which is only going to go up, soon it's going to be the $60 million a year club for the top quarterbacks. Just let me see one more year. That's how most people – well, what would you say, 55% of yeah. them? Yeah, Jedi says pay that man on to the Dolphins offseason. Another guy, this guy says Dolphins – this handle is Dolphins underscore pain – uh, you can't win a Super Bowl with Tua. Look, man, you you think let's let's just again be living the real world here and not just be you know cheerleaders for the team. And do you think that Tua? Do you think that Tua is going thing? to run through Buffalo, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Kansas City, and, and get to a Super Bowl? Uh, no. If you think that's going to happen, if that's your reality, then great. I'd love to see that happen. I, I wouldn't put my money on it, but, you know. You know what? Here, let's do the baby steps thing. How about win the baby AFC steps. East? How about win the AFC East and have a play? You've had a whole lot home? of trouble with Buffalo. I know, but but I'm saying. Aaron Rodgers will no, be you, back, right? Well, we'll see. 
Yeah, he is back. Russell yes. Wilson's going to be backing him up. <laughs> According to Mike Tannenbaum. Hey, by the way, there's your sarcasm. You just, you just, and by the way, somebody got, the cheerleaders are really getting to you today. I think I'm getting deflected because of Omar. Like, I think Omar got us uh, Boy, Omar, involved in this podcast. By the way, Omar's in your head, stuff. too. Omar comes in once a week Omar for lives two in my hours. Head. Yes, I, I agree Oh, with that. my gosh. Look at, look at what he's dating. I mean, you'll, you'll feel better. He's doing great. I'm trying to stay out of his personal life. I just like his Dolphins takes. <laughs> All right, we got to go to break. Did I, did I show you that picture yesterday? The guy replaced the mic yeah, with a hot dog. Yeah, the hot dog. I did yeah. see that. Hey, Kyle Krabs, Locked On Fins podcast photo. is uh, going to join us coming up on the uh, from Con- the Indy Combine. We'll talk to him a, a little bit about free agency and uh, some players he might like up there and comments from uh, Mike McDaniel yesterday talking uh, about a lot of different things. But first... Want to tell you about my friends at Ebra, round the clock, air conditioning and plumbing. Eric and the gang over there, all still family owned after 35 years, going stronger than ever. Still all about great service every day for the plumbing and air conditioning side. The air conditioning part of this family, trained and certified technicians, 35 years in the business here. 35 years. 135 trucks on the road daily to serve you. Seven days a week. The reason I bring all that up because if you're going to have great service and you're really going to take care of everybody's air conditioning problems and water heater problems and plumbing problems is you got to have a warehouse, number one, full of air conditioning units and water heaters. They have it. Second of all, you have to have really good people that work seven days a week because air conditioning units and water heaters have a way of uh, they don't worry about what day it is. They break down all the time. It's nice to know you got a company that's going to be out there for you with great service. Get out there as quickly as possible. Same-day installation is always the goal. When it comes to a new water heater or even an air conditioning unit, we got crews that do nothing but deliver, put in, and take the old one out and do it as quickly as possible. That's what's made air around the clock air conditioning and plumbing uh, so successful for so, so long. Um, We've been talking about how good they've been and and now the plumbing side for the last couple of years is really moving because you've got some of the best licensed, experienced plumbers in the business as well. Hey, the next time you have any kind of problem, air around the clock, air conditioning and plumbing are going to be there for you. 855-PLUMBER. Let's go to the plumbing side today. 855-PLUMBER. Any kind of plumbing problems, little lady's going to answer. You tell her, hey, Joe Rose, a friend of mine, said to give you a call at air around the clock, air conditioning and plumbing. Absolutely. You know, um, I, I think one of the cool things uh, in, in this organization is, is how, uh, you know, communicative and how well I work with uh, Chris Greer um, and, and as well as how I can separate what my job is and what his job is and how we move forward. We're, um, I'm very encouraged. They're, they're you know, both to his representation and, and our um, organization is hard at work. Um, those timelines are impossible to predict, and I'm not, you know, my, my main concern this offseason has been communicating what, what Tua um, needs from his head coach and his offensive coaching staff, which is what things can we identify to continue the progression um, of your game the same way that we have since day one. My belief um, has always been strong from day one in Tua. It's stronger um, than it was the first day I met him, 
and that's because uh, of, of that relationship where I'm focused, which is um, continuing to provide the coaching so he can continue to evolve his game as, as he has since the second that I started talking to him. Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel discussing Tua Tungavailoa's contract, and it is time, Joe, to head out to the Toyota of Hollywood hotline shop. Hundreds of Toyotas indoors, one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. All right, thank you, Woody. Let's go right uh, to the combine. Kyle Krabs, Locked On Fins podcast, joins us this morning. Kyle, how you doing? I'm, I'm good, Joe. I'm out here in India. I think the biggest adjustment that I have to make is it's still Eastern time zone, but it is dark as all get out here. And it's like <laughs> 730, and it's freaking me out a little bit, I'll be honest. Hey, yeah. Uh, so uh, you got to uh, hear what Mike McDaniel had to say uh, about Tua and, or, or Chris mm-hmm. Greer, who they have a good working relationship. But I'm not surprised about the Tua stuff. That relationship has been good. I, I think the resume has been great for both of them because Mike's system has brought Tua from down and out to being a really good quarterback. So I'm not surprised that he wants to get him an extension. What about you? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense based off the play of the last two years, and you've seen positive progression from the offense, even if it didn't end the season on the most promising of notes or, or most optimistic of notes. And uh, to his performance, you know, it's unfortunate that you lost a couple years on his rookie contract, but when you think about a second contract, the first probably two years uh, of a second quarterback contract, you can still have – kind of the, the lack of major impact of a big-money quarterback contract. So as this team, you think about 2024 and 2025 and their aspirations for yeah. keeping the team together and maximizing this nucleus and, and trying to find the right ancillary players to put around who they do have on the roster. Um, making an extension with Tua makes sense for that perspective as well from a salary cap strategy perspective. All right, so saying that, we, we've talked to everybody, and I know you and I have talked about I feel for months um, – when you come on with us. Um, so would you, from what you've seen, would – and I understand, by the way, the financial part is a big part of this too. Extend to a – or would you make him play out that fifth-year option? I think if you're if you're able to avoid Christian Wilkins on the franchise tag, but you're intent on bringing him back. So if you figure that one out, I have a little bit more of an appetite to let him play out the fifth year. And, and you know, the, the, I guess the risk there is – the, the dollar amounts are going to be uncomfortable either way for a quarterback contract extension just based on the way that the market has gone. But if he goes out and he plays healthy again and he stays healthy again and, and gets over this hump that everybody wants the team to get over, uh, I can only assure you the salary cap's going to go up even higher, which means the percentage of the salary cap that's going to be in the conversation for the average for his contract is only going to go higher. Uh, so do you have enough conviction? This, this is the, the question the Dolphins need to answer, and I think we know what their answer is. Do you have enough conviction in him as a player to know that he's definitively going to be here for the next three to four years? And if the answer is yes, you probably just need to get this deal done now and move forward. Yeah. Which, by the way, you know Mike and Chris have probably spent hours and hours along with others around them talking about this this topic and the good and the bad. And, and uh, by the way, there's got to be an amazing amount of pressure to win a playoff game, too, that – everybody's talked about and it's been written about every day by our by our media down here and and we've talked about it a lot so yeah it's uh it's an interesting one hey you think the Christian Wilkins I was going to ask you that so do you think he gets tagged before this uh, this date's coming up next week uh 
the deadline on the franchise tag. What do you think happens? Yeah, I believe it's the fifth. And we've heard kind of both sides of this. Uh, Dan Graziano from ESPN said he didn't expect him to get away. We've heard some more uh, positive, or, or not positive momentum, but we've heard more of that drumbeat kind of building up. And then Mike's asked about Christian Wilkins at the buzzer at the end of his press availability yesterday, and he said he's excited for the opportunity that Christian uh, has ahead of him that he's earned. And it's kind of like, well, that doesn't sound like language for somebody that's going to be used to have the franchise tag used on him. We heard Chris Groot say Christian's earned the right to be a free agent. Yeah, they're on the so same I, page on those comments, yeah. I have, I have a really hard time kind of getting a feel like is, is the threat of the franchise tag really just trying to leverage to, to close the middle ground between the two sides on getting an actual extension done? I don't know. I, I, I really have um, – a hard time getting the gauge on this one. It it seems like the reports have indicated that yes, franchise tags likely in play, but then you hear the actual comments from, from Chris and, and Mike. And, you know, I wouldn't expect them necessarily come out and say, this is exactly what we're going to do. But you did hear several other executives yesterday, including Eric DeCosta and the Baltimore Ravens come out and say, yeah, if we can't get a deal done with Justin Matt week, our defensive tackle, uh, we're going to use franchise tag on. So it's just a really interesting dynamic for Christian and how yeah. they've, they've, they specifically have been handling their comments with it. Hey, before we talk a little bit about the draft and that first and second pick, and, and we're still trying to figure out because of free agency where the Dolphins are going to be looking, the, uh, the Vic Fangio, I know you're up in the Philadelphia area in that departure, and, and I know because I've talked to some of my buds up there, and they're like, oh, finally got our guy that can get this thing done with the defense. This is what we need. And down here – and, and Mike was very nice about it. We spent a lot of time talking, and I was like, yeah, okay, man, I, whatever. I, what was your take about the way everything went down? I think everybody's got their own thoughts on it. I, I think Mike uh, handled the question about Vic's departure very diplomatically. Yes. Um, but uh, I think at the end of the day, Vic from the very jump, did not dismiss the idea when asked back last March whether or not he wanted to be in Philadelphia or not. And then the season plays out the way that it does. I don't think it's a coincidence that Mike McDaniel in his opening state or in his statement when they first hired Anthony Weaver talks about uh, parallels in our core beliefs and we both believe in player development as an essential part of long-term success as an NFL franchise. And then Anthony Weaver goes up there and talks about player development. And all we heard from Vic was he wanted, wanted some of his guys in here and the GM heard my advice and he didn't take it on who to sign. And it just, it, it wasn't a fit. Yeah. And that's okay. Uh, I, I think they certainly have gone above and beyond with who they hired and Anthony Weaver to correct for that element and now the question is whether the strategic side of it, which is what Vic was very good at, uh, is, is also going to be success with this hire as well. Coach him hard and love him hard. Uh, I was thinking, yeah, man, that's a that's a that's a Mike McDaniel right there, man. Pat him on the back, tell him you love him, and then go out and and coach him. So I, I want to ask you about this free agency. The the other part, a couple important guys, one of the best centers and one of the best guards are are free agents, mm-hmm. Connor Williams and and Rob Hunt. So. What uh, you, you probably can't sign them both. What do you think? Um, so so Drew Rosenhaus kind of came out earlier this week, and and or was it over the weekend, and, and said that the, from Connor's perspective, with 
the injury, they may have a longer and more drawn-out free agent process. So I don't think that's necessarily a door that will close all the way. The challenge for Miami is I can't go through free agency and not sign a center to say, hey, well, maybe we'll get Connor back in June. And then say, oh, well, we'll see how the board falls, but if the board doesn't fall well, then we, we won't draft the center because maybe we'll get Connor in June. Like that's not having a contingency plan or a, a formal move to address that position before June and July feels like a major, major risk that I would not have an appetite for taking. So yeah. if they want to wait that long, I think maybe that, that does set the stage for a transition for Miami. Uh, And then Robert Hunt, the challenge is just with the influx in cap for all the teams. And if Robert's on the open market, when he's, uh, when, when the league calendar year starts in the middle of March, that's going to be a very robust contract because teams are going to be thirsting for quality offensive linemen. And he, he's probably the best guard available. Yeah. So Mm. that's getting into a bidding war that I don't think Miami has the ammunition to win with the other things that they want to accomplish. So if they're going to get Robert done, tick-tock, you have about two weeks. Get yeah. that one ironed out. So uh, I, I had a couple guys in, in our in our little fraternity of uh, going around the league have called me about X-Man and go, man, I thought he's really good. We were watching, and I, I was surprised. And I go, well, I, I think it was more to do you know, with money, and he was injured at the end of the year. Uh but that's going to be a hole for the Dolphins. I, I know you agree with that. So so does that move up the priority list now to either in free agency or the draft to, to now all of a sudden uh, get a cornerback? Because after the X-Man uh, left, there's a big drop-off for the next guys up. I would not be surprised if that is the heir apparent Cam Smith, who you used your second-round pick on last year. And Let's be honest. like Cam Smith looked really good in training camp and in the preseason. He made a lot of plays. Um, I think this defense that we're expecting to get from Anthony Weaver is maybe a a little bit more direct in assignments, particularly on the outside for the corners. So maybe that helps with the learning curve. And if there was a perceived learning curve for Cam Smith or Vic didn't just, just didn't want to play him and didn't like him. I don't know. I I think if they're going to go back to, um, a little bit more man coverage at times. I think that not only helps Cam Smith, I think it helps Cater Kohu, who has played inside and outside, was really good in 2022 as a primary nickel and primarily a man coverage defender. And then he gets in this zone match stuff playing in the nickel where you got to be in communication with your safety behind you. You got to be in communication with your linebacker and it kind of forced him to play really slow. So I, I think this the shift in the scheme has the potential to help both of those guys. And if that's the case, then I would be looking for a vet corner. Uh, that, that Someone like Eli Apple, maybe not necessarily Eli Apple, but like that would probably be my market yeah. personally for a cornerback. Kyle, I, I, I got to tell you can, you, can you really trust – I mean, I just refuse to blame this all on Vic Fangio, this Cam Smith thing. I think it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I've had grumpy old coaches that I had, and they had guys I know they didn't like. It would would have been impossible to like them because they could really make it tough on these coaches. But as long as they were good on Sunday, their ass played. And I have a belief that most coaches or most teams are this way, that if Cam Smith goes from not playing at all, what, 20 snaps – 
very seldom. I mean, he just didn't play at all uh, to, to being a starter. What a turnaround that would be if it happened. So you think that could happen, though, huh? I, I think from a team-building strategy, I think it, it needs to happen. I think they need to figure out how that, that needs to happen, and they make it happen. So whether that's – I know there's been yeah. some changes in the, the coaching rooms, the positional coaching rooms, not just the defensive coordinator in the secondary for Miami. So, yeah, I think a little veteran competition be healthy. I'm not spending big on that spot. You have a second-round pick, and at some point these dudes got to play, and I know you feel the same way. For a team that has made, what, 13, 14 draft picks in the last three years or, or has made – seven draft picks in the last two years. Yeah. The guys that you have that you spend reasonable picks on, they need to find the field and you need to get them on the field. And that's part of, if you're going to talk about having long-term success and sustainability and player development, all these things being pillars of, of who you want to be. When you pick low volume, those guys got to play, but they, they, they also got to, pl- uh, they also got to, they got to hit, but they also got to play in yeah. order for them to get the experience that they need to be a hit for you. All right, so um, now the other part of what you do is the draft part. Um, so, so real quickly, it, it looks like the wide receiver class, the tackle class, and the quarterback class look look real strong. Um, I don't know where do you stand on what you'd like to do with this first and second pick, which I think are really, really important for two guys that need to come in and friggin' play this year. What What are your thoughts? So I, I think what you just said there about having two guys with the first and second round pick who contribute right away, um, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think the best way that you do that is you leave the door open to drafting the best players available. When you draft for need, think about a lot of the shortcomings of recent draft picks in Miami. And it's, it's trying to fill a need in the midst of a run of a position, trading up for Liam Eikenberg, right? Drafting Charles Harris in the first round in 2017 because you needed a pass rusher. Those kinds of picks when you say, well, we don't have a center on the roster other than Liam Eikenberg. We need to draft the center. What happens if there's Jackson Powers Johnson, the Oregon kid, goes to Pittsburgh in front of you? Do you just automatically take the next center down the board at 21? That's, that's not maximizing your value. Yeah, that's so a good point. I think Miami's first wave in free agency, it's really important for them to get complimentary players, not necessarily big dollar players, but complimentary players that give them the confidence that we have enough competition at our major areas of concern so that we can go into the draft and just pick the best players. Because the best players, guess what? They're going to find the field. That's right. That's so that that for me is what this is all about is is don't box and pigeonhole yourself into two positions say oh we need a wide receiver to tackle because that's a first class ticket to stressing yourself and not maximizing these opportunities yeah that's good stuff Kyle thank you man I really appreciate you coming on from uh, from Indy and uh, hey if you don't mind love to talk to you next week after spending all week there I think Chris Greer is going to talk this week as well and Love to get your thoughts on uh, on everything, plus what you see from all the different positions next week. Thank you so much. Count me in, Joe. I'll talk all to you right. soon. All right. Kyle Krabs, Locked On Fins podcast up at the Combine. Uh, we got a lot more stuff to get to. Goldie, Steve Goldstein going to join us. Uh, the voice, the TV voice of the Florida Panthers. And, man, what a year it has been for them. By the way, I know we talk heat. Don't forget about those Panthers, man. Uh, incredible. 
on the road at home, and man, they they look like they got a chance now. I know we got to see what happens and who's playing great when this thing's at the end of the year, but boy, it looks good. All right, tell you who else looks really good. Loctite impact windows, doors, and roofing in West Davy. Oh, my God. It doesn't matter. I don't know why I said West Davy. It doesn't matter where they are, but I'll tell you what. Their setup is spectacular. Um, Chev took me through the whole thing, man. I got to see it. The CEO took me around and goes, I want to show you. I want to show you so you can see and feel good when you're telling people if you need impact windows and doors or even a new roof, we do it all. Wait until you see what we do and some of the financing plans we have to help people out. How about impact windows and roofing? 100% financing, zero down. How about impact windows and roofing? No interest, no payments for a year. Wait a second, I'm not done. Impact windows is low as $6 per month per window installed. Boy, I'll tell you what, if you'd like to get before hurricane season comes around the corner again and we get hit with all the wind and the rain and hopefully not the big one, but you want to protect your home and and you could really use some financial help. This is help, man. I'm telling you right now. And they've got some great deals going for you. I just want to let you know. They're covering all of South Florida. Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach County. And by the way, Loctite takes care of all permits and HOA approvals. So you don't have to go through that process. Which some places and some private communities can be a real pain in the butt. It really is a true turnkey service for you. I'm telling you, if I could, I'd take everybody over there with me because I walked away. I gave him a standing ovation before I jumped in my car. It was so good at what they do and the different uh, different parts of it that uh, just incredible. Meeting the people that are going to be doing the work. Just uh, you, you'll be impressed. Nine five, very competitive prices. 954-500-LOCK. That's 954-500-LOCK. At least check it out. Call them. Go see them. Talk to them. That's Loctite Impact Windows, Doors, and Roofing. It's time for Hollywood's Headlines. Without further ado, here's Hollywood. Woody, I'm so sorry, man. I just absolutely wiped you out today before you take a couple of days off. Anyway, what do that's, you have for That's us? okay, Joe. Uh, let's uh, let's get right to it here. And uh, Max Struess had his Reggie Miller moment wow. uh, last night. Scoring 15 points down the stretch. The Cavs beat the Mavericks, but he had... Uh, he had this finish here, one of the all-time uh, buzzer beaters you, you'll ever see. You can't have anybody get an easy shot. Kleba has that tip by Mobley, but Dodgers gets it back. Dodgers dumps inside Washington, puts it in. Two seconds left. The Cavs are out of timeouts. They have to go 94 feet. Struess from midcourt. Oh! Do you believe this? Max Struess from midcourt has won it for the Cavaliers. Max Struess on the run, 59-footer, buzzer beater. He'll never hit a bigger shot in his friggin' life. Well, unless it happens in the playoffs. You know something crazy? crazy? So, per ESPN stats and info, the 59-footer that he hit was the second-longest game-winning shot at the buzzer in the three-point era. Yeah. How crazy is that? It got me thinking, by the way. He was a good guy, man. He was a nice guy, I think, you know. He was another guy. Max got knocked around and and kind of happy for him. Got paid, too. So, I don't know if you have an all-time favorite buzzer beater. I I have mine. The Steph Curry shot 
against the Thunder. I don't know if you remember this one or not. Westbrook on the drive, falling away. Won't go. Rebound taken by Iguodala. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! With six tenths of a second remaining. That was my personal. I remember watching that one live. He had 46 points. That was 12-3. That was big time right there. That That one was was awesome. That was good. Good stuff. In honor of Max Struess, I figured I'd throw that one in there. All right, man. Tyreek Hill has uh, (laughs) made his way back on TMZ here. Uh, You're going to have to help me with this one, Joe. Um, By the way, I tried... I tried to read on, and I just finally, like, from the divorce, separation, no, I never told my attorney to do that. What the hell would make him file for separation at the courthouse? Well, perhaps this. Uh, (laughs) Tyreek Hill, the the headline reads, Tyreek Hill sued by model. You broke my leg during football drill. Well, that at least gets (laughs) you to read, like, is this a joke or, or what happened? So go ahead. So... I, this, by the way, the uh, lawsuit has been filed here in Broward County. Um, so it looks like the the model initially booked a um, ticket down here for a son to attend. Sophie of, Hall. Uh, so that is her name. Good friend. Yeah. So I've known her. Well, for you a long know, time. you were right on that. Um, <laughs> Just joking, down, honey. Came down for a uh, a football camp. Yeah. That, uh, that Tyreek was uh, was there. Um, says in the lawsuit that Hall says. Uh, she went out to attend the camp with her son on June 17th, and while there, Hill asked her to come back and visit him at his Southwest Ranch's mansion. Hall says Kinda days weird. later, Hill purchased a flight and travel arrangements for her to reconnect with him on June 28th. Again, this could have <laughs> something to do with the divorce deal. But, <laughs> I don't um, know. All right, now here's where things uh, get really bizarre. I don't know. If, if that's me. I'm denying everything. Um, Hall claims after she made her way to Hill's home, he asked her to participate in some football drills during a training session he was having in his backyard. And this is getting really strange. (laughs) (laughs) Hill asked her to rush against him in a defensive line versus offensive line one-on-one style workout. According to Hall, she shoved the Super Bowl champion backward, which caused him to be embarrassed. She had a great first step and real strong (laughs) upper body. Mr. Hill's attitude changed, and he became angry, she well, said laughing in her at soup. Him. Everybody was laughing at him. Hall alleges Hill then flipped the drill around so he could rush against her. And after a couple of reps, I, I can't believe I'm reading this, she said Hill charged into her violently with great force, causing her to suffer a right leg injury. This is the weirdest one of all time. Hall says she crazy. complained that she was hurt, but claims Hill has downplayed the severity of her injury, telling her just to rest on a bed and ice the leg. In her suit, Hall says when she eventually got back home on July 1st, 2023, an orthopedist diagnosed her with a leg fracture that required metal hardware implantation to fix. Hall says she's continuing to suffer from persistent pain and weakness, and now she wants Hill to pay big for the damages and injuries. All right. Let's go to break. We've got uh, 9 o'clock hour coming up. None. I, I don't know what's just keep playing well on the football field. These stories. He's got that, a, by the way. He's got he's got a couple strangest story. I think he's got a couple off season specials. I'd read that word for word because I I don't I don't know what's true, what's not well, true. That's the, I don't want to say that. Whole thing. 
But like, I, I have a hard time picturing Tyreek doing one-on-one drills in his backyard. That's the weirdest with this lady, part. Not the flights or none of that, any of that stuff. But the weirdest part is, <laughs> hey, let's do some camp stuff. I want to, I want to work with you on some. Yeah. Hey, co- you cover me out here. I, I'm let's, working on uh, some routes. Let's see. Uh, play offensive tackle first. Let, <laughs> let's see your setup here and how you use your hands. And I don't know. Anyway, all right. Hey, listen, we'll uh, we'll go to break here. We got eight o'clock hour. Goldie going to join us at eight twenty. Man, his freaking team is on fire right now my god are they playing well 82 points on the season and defensively they just don't give up a lot of goals all right before we get into all that stuff and uh, get back to the show hey there's another team playing they're up in jupiter right now their name is the marlins we got spring baseball games have started up if you want to get up there over the next couple weeks easy to check out and get up there and then of course don't skip opening day because before you know it, we'll be talking about Thursday, March 28th. The Pirates are in town. Nothing like the old opener in baseball. Had a chance to go to some with my dad. It's always been great. Still talk about it with them. Pretty cool stuff. Get your tickets now. Marlins.com slash tickets. And you can do that. Single game tickets on sale. They got memberships right now. They got some great programs for you for single, single game offers and groups and and sweets, if it's something you're interested in with some team you want to see while they're in town with their schedule coming up and all that. We got Fiesta Fridays, Legacy Saturdays, and Sunday is Fun Day. Boy, they got some really cool stuff to finish out some of their series that they're going to have, including Woody told me about this, and that is the boys and all the kids getting a chance to run the bases after the game. A lot of cool stuff going on for Marlins baseball. Check it out. <laughs> 